The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. No one can serve two masters. He will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you shall eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds in the sky. They do not sow or reap. They gather nothing into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are not you more important than they? Can any of you by worrying add a single moment to your lifespan? Why are you anxious about clothes? Learn from the way the wildflowers grow. They do not work or spin, but I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was clothed like one of them. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which grows today and is thrown into the oven tomorrow, will he not much more provide for you, O oh, you of little faith? So do not worry and say, What are we to eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what are we to wear? All these things the pagans seek. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be given you besides. Do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Sufficient for a day is its own evil. This is Radio Wave Medjinomics with your host, a friend of Medjugorje. So we want to welcome you back to Medjinomics, an important show in the sense that it covers from a biblical standpoint, from a message standpoint, from a lady's position, everything going on in the world today. And we have a lot going on. We have the growth of tyranny in a way that we've not seen before, not just since World War II or World War I, but in a new way with technology and things that it can be doing it can do that it's never been able to do before. And so all this pertains to economics in the end. Hitler could not do what he did without being economically viable to run his war and feed his people because he knew if he quit feeding his people, they'd revolt against him. And remarkably, right up to 1943, he took care of his people. And so we see all these schemes playing out. At the same time, we see the growth of tyranny. We have a story today that will show that and while it may not on the surface seem like it's going to be about economics, it plays a big part in where we're heading and what's going on. In an article entitled, What's Behind Illinois? Stealing Local Heroes' Beehives, Dr. McCullough writes, 
An Illinois beekeeper whose beehives were stolen and allegedly destroyed by the Illinois Department of Agriculture has stirred up a hornet's nest with his questions on why the state did this and, most importantly, what they did with his bees. The state claims the bees were destroyed because they were infected with a disease called Falbrood. But when the 58-year apiary keeper had his hearing three weeks after the removal of his bees without his knowledge, the state's evidence had disappeared, leaving more questions than answers about the raid on the beekeeper's hives. Some people, including the beekeeper, Terence Ingram, suspect the raid has more to do with Ingram's 15 years of research on Monsanto's Roundup and his documented evidence that Roundup kills bees than it does about any concerns about his hives. Interestingly, the saint's theft targeted the queen bee and hive he'd been using to conduct the research. A recent article by Tom Kokel and the Prairie Advocate retells the full story of how Terence Ingram's bees and hives wound up being taken by the Illinois State Department of Agriculture. While the state claims the removal of the property was due to Ingram's failure to comply with the department's notice instructing him to burn the affected hides, they have been less than open about why the inspectors came in and took the bees and hives without due process. At a time when the Ingrams were absent from the property, Ingram claims the department also conducted three or four inspections on his private property while no one was home. While department inspectors claim his hives had foul brood, an allegedly highly contagious disease, Mr. Ingram believes he could prove that this was not the case. As reported by the featured Prairie Advocate article, Ingram knew that the inspectors could not tell what they were seeing and had warned the department that if any of them came back, it would be considered a criminal trespass. Yet they came back when he was not home, stole his hives, and ruined his 15 years of research. Ingram initially reported the missing bees and hives as having been stolen on March 14th, unaware that they'd been removed by the ID of AG. News of the theft was published in the Prairie Advocate on March 21st. As a result of that article, an area county farm bureau manager called the reporter, stating he knew the equipment hadn't been stolen, but that it had been destroyed by the Department of Agriculture because they were infected with foul brood and Ingram hadn't disposed of them as instructed. The most nonsensical part of this story is that Ingram didn't get a hearing to determine whether his hives were affected by the disease until three weeks after they were removed and destroyed. Kokel quotes Mr. Ingram as saying, quote, I own four businesses. I'm here all the time. Yet they took our bees and hives when we were not home. What did they do, sit up on the hill and watch until we left? We had not yet had our day in court to prove that our hives did not have foul brood. Making matters worse, during that April 4th hearing, the department couldn't produce any evidence of what they'd done with the bees and the hives. Meanwhile, Ingram ended up being ordered to pay the $500 fine for violating Sections 2-1 of the Illinois Bee and Apiaries Act. According to Kokel, there are two questions that Ingram wants answered. First, did the ID of A, a state agency, have the right to enter Ingram's property and confiscate a suspected nuisance before Ingram had his day in court? Second, where are his bees? The evidence has disappeared, and the ID of A refuses to tell Ingram where they are before, during, and after the hearing. 
I have been keeping bees for 58 years, Ingram said during an interview at his home in Apiary. I am not a newcomer to beekeeping, and I definitely know what I'm doing. I've been, re- I've been teaching beginning beekeeping classes for 40 years. At the April 4th hearing, Ingram said he felt he was able to show the court that the inspector could not tell the difference between chilled brood and foul brood. He also proved to the court that the inspectors did not know the symptoms of foul brood. Ingram believes the destruction of his bees and hives is more likely to be related to his research into the effect of Roundup on honeybees. He claims some 250 of his colonies have been killed off over the years by Monsanto's broad-spectrum herbicide, used in large quantities on both conventional and genetically engineered crops. Ingram's research shows that Roundup can lead to what's called chilled brood, which is an entirely different scenario. According to Ingram, quoted from Kokel's article, When Roundup kills the adult bees, there are not enough bees left in the hive to keep the young bees warm, and the young bees die from the cold, quote, chilled brood. I tried to prove that just because foul brood can be detected once the hive has been disturbed doesn't mean the hive has foul brood. Inside a honeybee hive is one of the cleanest places you can find. Anything that is a problem, if the bees can't remove it, they cover it with propolis, which is an antiseptic. When you go into the comb and cut it up, disturb it like the investigators did, then send it to a lab, it exposes foul brood to the world. In the beehive, it's covered up. The bees aren't affected by it, but you can find it by sending it into a lab. Ingram has studied the effects of Roundup on honeybees for the past 15 years, and he believes he had built up sufficient amount of data to show that the herbicide causes not just bee die-offs, but also colony collapse disorder, a mysterious phenomenon that has decimated an estimated one-third of all honeybees since 2006. While some bees inexplicably die, many simply vanish and never return to their hives. Ingram told Kokel that, quote, CCD is a calamity that is affecting honeybee colonies across the nation. In fact, I had one queen which had survived three summers of spraying and three winters. I was planning to raise daughters from that queen to see if she may have had some genetic resistance to Roundup. But she and her hive were taken during the theft. I don't even know where the bees and my equipment are. They ruined 15 years of my research. I asked Republican Seisha to take the teeth out of the current law, preventing untrained inspectors from doing sneak inspections without the beekeeper present, killing their bees and burning their equipment, or forcing organic beekeepers out of business, telling them that they have to use chemicals to keep bees in Illinois. Are the chemical companies really running our food supply? Is Illinois becoming a police state where citizens do not have rights? Ingram asked in desperation, knowing that Monsanto and the Department of Agriculture are in bed together, one has to wonder if Monsanto was behind the theft to ruin my research that may prove Roundup was, and is, killing honeybees. Beekeepers across the state are being threatened that the same thing may be done to their hives and livelihood. I was not treated properly, and I don't want to see this happen to anyone else in this state, and I want this type of illegal action to end. Monsanto's genocide is what is called in India. The herbicides that they've destroyed, many of the farmers who's had land in their hands for generations has been destroyed, all for the almighty dollar. 
the mighty dollar being their God. And it's put before the good being and the well-being of man for the well-being of Monsanto. We've researched this before. We looked into things like this. And colonial collapse disorder is something that's real, something that's taking place. And when you do things as anti-God, you have consequences to that. And so we have a judgment against our system. At the same time, we have a call for our lady to tell us to go into simplicity, go really more back to an agrarian life. Not in completeness. Jesus was a carpenter. But they still had the gardens. They still depended on themselves and their own hands to provide their food. And anytime God makes a movement like this, Satan will block it and, and put roadblocks in front of it to stymie it. And so what we see many people do good things like Monsanto sometimes, do bad things. This is the reality of tyranny. There's a policy called the revolving door. Monsanto hires agricultural inspectors to come to work at Monsanto who turn into supervisors or different positions who know the other inspectors. And the government has become tyrannical. They fired the first shot. We'll go into this. We think by the middle of the next week, it'd be on the press. We're in critical times. We're in times of desperation economically and figuring out what is the safest place, the lowest risk place to save your money, to do things, to make the decisions you need to make. And where you can see the resistance to it, just like this man's behind is being stolen. Really, stolen is a weak word for what they did. It's tyranny. To block 15 years of his research. And you say, why? This old man, he's got no credentials, no university degrees, maybe. Where do you think those degrees come from? About people who, but, but from people who, by experience. When I was in the landscape excavation, I would go two hours from here to a man who grew boxwoods. He was the foremost expert in growing boxwoods. He knew more than anybody. And when Auburn University to put out the papers, the research papers, whose research did they use? This old codger, 75 years old, because he had life experiences. He knows what doesn't work and what doesn't. This, this covering, as uh, Ingram talked about, of a material that's antiseptic, some kind of wax or whatever the bees produce. I've never read that from research papers, and we read about bees. But I guarantee you, go, somebody's been doing it their lifetime, they'll learn these things. Experience is the teacher. Experience is the research. Monsanto just bought out a huge research bee farm. Why are they in that for? Actually, the largest one in America, I think. Why would they do that? Except they want to modify genetically everything in the food source. We're in dangerous times. We have seeds being created never before existing in in creation. And man is arrogance does not have the ability to go the zillion of routes that split off to this route, that splits into two, that splits into four, that splits into six, into thousands, into millions, into zillions. Could one disease come and wipe out our food crop, crop and cross over to, from corn to potatoes genetically? We have famines. 
We're dealing with things man is not smart enough to deal with. You can't play God and you got to leave to God what is of God. When you cross that over, that's pride. Pride has come to rule. When pride rules, there's a fall. Before the fall comes pride. And so we have that. Why is that? Because we make, we make the dollar God. It's not about making a living. It's not about feeding people. It's about making profit, about making money. Nothing's wrong with making profit. But when you go at the expense of being no different than a, a gunman going into the bank to get your profit, there's something wrong there. It's got to be an ethical. Capitalism is biblical. There's nothing that you can say against that. Everything is God wants you to prosper. He doesn't want you to be in the, in the gutters dying like Calcutta. And most of these things are government policies. Most of these things in Africa, the, the warehouses are full of food while people are starving to death because the generals and the dictators are holding the food and, the, and things that come into it, the goods. So we have a whole system that is rotten to the core. And judgments are coming up left and right against it. And so when you got this state agricultural department coming against its own people, killing 15 years of research, I think that should be heavy crimes on life sentences. This is not something lightly to take. I can't believe even the man's disposition, how mild he is about it. When are we going to stand up and fight? When are we going to say, you're not going to do this? You're not going to come on property? They have no constitutional right to go on this man's property. No constitutional right to take that. And until we stand up, we won't be able to when at the church doors because religious liberty goes first. All the liberties go with it. We have religious liberty because it's of God. It's an inalienable right given by God, not by the Constitution, not by anybody else, but only and solely by God. The Constitution protects it. It doesn't create it. The government can't give it. It can protect it or it can unprotect it. And we are in a position that's unprotected. Why? Because of our sins. Because we have failed. Because we don't acknowledge sin. We don't repent. These are all the factors. We're part of the system. We're part of Monsanto's being able to do what it does. Until we wake up to the fact and see that. Until we read, study, research, look at these things and say, hey, this is not something not right here. I'm not going that direction. I'm going to go another direction. Until we do that, until we follow the messages, until we listen to Our Lady, don't expect anything to change its course. We've changed our course here in community. We've gone a different direction. We're fighting this by our own way of life. We're just not participating in it. You can slip by the system if you're not trying to make a mega farm, if you have your own garden. And oh, they're going to come after you like they did this beekeeper. But you'd be ready to say, no, you're not coming to my property. Can we do that? Constitutionally, you have the right to do it. You just don't know it, and you don't exercise it. Frank, you there? Yeah, so it, it is incredible when you see uh, how far evil has gotten, the evil that Our Lady tells us wants to begin to rule. But she tells us that there's a way out of every situation, and united we can heal the world. And as it, it is, it is amazing as that seems, Our Lady comes on Independence Day again, and... It, she says to pray that you understand the greatness of the messages. And what she did there is so profound that 
I think we need to meditate on a few things that happened during these five days and even after the five days because um, I, I want to go back to the message that Ruth opened up because this to us and I think to the community is like a daily apparition. The messages are live, as you've taught us, and it, she takes us to the last book. It ain't going to happen, and the, and the message the book was written on, spread the devotion and caring of the miraculous metal so more souls may be saved. She confirmed that everyone that has responded to that book, no matter what time you responded, no matter what the price was, you did the right thing and continue to do this. This is a very important part of Our Lady leading us out of out of this. Then on the vigil of the Feast of Independence Day, that Our Lady comes here to tell us we have a unique role. She says, form prayer groups to heal ourselves and our nation. Goes right to the novena that you've been praying for, I think, 20 years now, to heal ourselves, our families, and our nation, reconcile ourselves, our family, and our nation back to God, to be closer to God and to her. And so we've done this now at home in Ann Arbor. Uh, we're forming a prayer group with two very good friends. Um, if you want to join us, you're in the area, uh, you can call us at Global Silver. But everybody should be doing this. This is the way out. You, you hear these things, and, and it seems like there's no way out. Our Lady's given us a way out. And the most incredible message to me, uh, the most profound message was, I am with you. Because of what Our Lady is showing us by when she gave this message. It wasn't during the five days of the retreat. She didn't choose Independence Day or the fifth day. When the last day that Maria's there, she's getting ready to go to the airport. Our Lady appears early for the um, community that's worked so hard. And it's really only the community is there. They've worked very hard to prepare everything for us. It's the sixth. Most of us are on our way home or already home. And Our Lady waits until this time in the intimacy of the, the founder's bedroom, which should speak volumes to us about the purity of heart, that this mission is, is being guided, and we're being guided through these writings that I'll never tire of saying are the most important on earth. And Our Lady confirms this when a friend of Medjugorje says, I've never felt Our Lady's hand so strong on any writing, and she says, I am with you on this day to show us the importance of getting behind this mission, of the importance of this mission showing us the way out, the agrarian life, everything that's written. Now these five major writings, the most important on earth for our time. And Our ladies, it almost says to me that she is authoring, and you're co-authoring the writings, I think it's been very appropriate to, to not ever take authorship or, you know, put a name to them. And uh, this is, it's most profound what Our Lady did by waiting until this day in this intimate setting to say, I am with you. And it confirms that we should be doing exactly what it ain't going to happen says, exactly what, uh, look what happened while you're sleeping, how to change your husband, I see far, and you know, I hear there is incredible demand for the book. Uh, they fired the first shot, 2012. I can't wait to get a copy. I haven't read a page or a paragraph. People ask me all the time. But uh, I I'm looking very very forward to this writing, and um, I'm sure it's as important or, or more important than all the other ones. And, and uh, we have to 
really meditate on the profoundness of what Our Lady's doing, come in these five days, and what she is showing us by saying, by choosing this day to give this message. Well, there's a convergence of things taking place right now that have brought to us 25 years of the mission and even preceding that, what we're praying for for our nation. Uh, of course, one of those is July 3rd, when I gave the message about to heal this nation, how to do it, a great consolation. A second one is the book, the book coming together. Um, right now, probably be on the press, on the on press by the end of next week. And another one that we not willing to say or talk about at this moment, but they're all conver- all three of these things are converging with a lot behind each one of them. There's a lot behind. I mean, millions of prayers, literally millions of prayers behind the July 3rd message when Our Lady finally released that. It's not but a couple of sentences, but to get that from heaven, to get that kind of instructions, don't think it doesn't take millions of prayers because it's a great gift. Our Lady doesn't favor a nation, but she said to heal this nation. And we also have and know that Pope John Paul looked to America to, to lead the evangelization. We know that's being echoed by Pope Benedict. And we now know something recently just came up, which is in the book. And I won't go into those details. But we have these convergences of things happening. And, and behind the, the book is, is not just sit down and write a book. It's, it's, it's decades of watching and understanding and praying and fasting to see what we need to do. And it's got all the ingredients in there for that to happen. I think they create cause of excitement. So when Our Lady says, I am with you, we're looking for these things. We, we've meditated on it. I haven't said a lot about July 3rd's message yet because I want to stay focused on the book and then we're going to be organized. We're going to go right into the thick of things and we're going to do what our lady says across this whole nation and other nations as well. Now, we're not going to do it. The Holy Spirit's got to do it because it's through the Holy Spirit. He says she was chosen and she says, I'm chosen by the Holy Spirit who chose me rather. And then she says, I'm choosing you. She says another time, I want to collaborate with you I want to work with you. Collaborate with me. Three statements and one message. Incredible message. We can work hand in hand with the mother of God, no different than the 12 who walked with Jesus when he was physically on the earth. We have that gift. We have the ability. Do you want to do that? That presentation not, doesn't mean necessarily, or rather that inv- invitation doesn't necessarily mean you've got to go and be spreading the message. It means you got to change the order of your life. Get rid of disorder. Bring things to the moral order. Bring things into understanding really our forefathers of this nation. Because your religious ability to do religious liberty and exercise that is dependent on the Constitution and people understanding it. It's all wet. It's completely idiotic to think God doesn't want us involved in, in the application of the Constitution. It's from Leviticus, much of it. It's biblical. It's Christian. And of course, they fire the first shot. It's going to show you these things with much more clarity. Frank, how do people get a hold of you? You can call us toll-free, 877-936-7686. You can also email us at globalsilverinvestors at yahoo.com. We have uh, information on our website at globalsilverinvestors.com. And uh, you can, if you want to talk to me, ask for me. Personally, there's many other things that Our Lady did in, in regarding how uh, we should be responding to it ain't going to happen. 
and uh, we can discuss those things as well. Well, okay, until the 25th, I think it'll be before next Thursday, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, we'll see you then. We wish you, Our Lady. We love you. Goodbye. The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional.